Hello and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie and unfortunately I'm not here with my sister Joy because I am going to do one on my own. Um, she's just been super busy lately. You know, it's the it's that time of year again. She's a teacher and she's having to deal with the beginning of school year things. And also we just kind of thought, well, since this book I'm getting ready to talk about is called Walden and Other Writings by Henry David Thoreau. And she's never read it. And she said, you know, this might be a good one for you just to do by yourself. So I said, okay. So basically 10 years ago, I walked into a Hastings bookstore during my lunch hour and I bought the book Walden and Other Writings by Henry David Thoreau. After buying the book, I emailed Joy and can you believe it? I still have that email today. And I was going to ask her if she did this podcast with me, if she remembered the email, but I guess after she listens to this, I'll ask her if she remembers it. So basically I have that email being the pack rat that I am and it's um, dated December 15th, 2010. And I was working um, for a large company and I guess from time to time, you know, we did email each other a lot. Um, so I'm going to read that because I thought it was kind of funny. It says, um, Today I traveled to Hastings, the local bookshop and music store. I happened upon the aisle that contained volumes and volumes of classic literature. At first glance I saw Wuthering Heights, which I almost purchased for my dearest sister Jocelyn, but due to my dire financial situation I ventured on. Anne of Green Gables, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, all were most desirable until I happened upon Walden by Thoreau. My mind considered the matter, and with much thought and a little trepidation, I purchased the fabled book about man and nature. I also bought the cinematic masterpiece that is called Babe. Yours truly, Angela Kay. Okay, I know that's super corny, but I thought it was funny at the time. Um, and then she she uh, messaged me back and she said, I just reread your email and I can't stop laughing. And I said, of course, it's only funny if you read it in a British accent, which I meant to read that in a British accent, honestly, but I just completely forgot. But anyway, ha ha. Anyway, um, honestly, um, I feel like I was kind of duped into reading this because I thought it was about some guy, you know, who was just going to get away from it all and live in a cabin you know, observing sunsets and clouds and cute raccoons and bears. Um, wrong. Um, I was going to ask Joy if she had any idea what Walden is, was about. Us being twins, I, I thought she might think it, have thought it was about the same thing. But anyway, once I started reading the book, I immediately realized how intense it was. Um, but I couldn't stop reading it. Even though I could tell it was going to be a super hard read and I was having trouble just getting through the pages because of the way it was written. It was written so long ago. But I have this very uh, bizarre reading disorder, and it's called Once I Start a I Can't a Stop a. You ever heard of that? Well, if there was a boot camp for reading books, and as part of the training, the drill sergeant made you read exceptionally difficult books, I would graduate with no problem and probably be promoted up through the ranks to boot general. I've read the longest, most boring, incredibly difficult to read books due to this order. Who cares that I'm wasting my life away reading something I don't enjoy and don't understand, but something within me just says, keep going, march on. Only 500 pages left. You can do it. If anyone out there has a cure for this, can you please contact me? Or better yet, if there's anyone out there who has this same problem, would you please comment on our site through SpeakPipe? I'm being serious. If we're one of these people that you, just because you start a book, you feel like you have to finish it, I need to know. Okay, so I've mentioned this uh, before. It's been quite a while ago, but I have a book called A Book Lover's Diary, 
And back when I finished the book, or anytime I finish a book, I always write a little summary about it. And since it's been so long since I read this, it's literally been 10 years ago, I went back to find, um, well, what's, okay, this is interesting. I actually bought the book 10 years ago, but in the actual book, at the very last page, I wrote that I finished it May 25th of 2014. So here's the, my dilemma. I don't know if I literally did not read the book till four years after I bought it, or if it took me four years to read the book. <laughs> now, I know that sounds crazy to some people, but I actually do occasionally just keep a book on the side, and I only read a paragraph here and there when I, but I, no, I seriously think it probably did take me, I probably read this over the course of a couple of months, if I was guessing, you know, just here and there. Okay, so here is my commentary that I wrote after the end um, of Walden. Um... 52514, Walden and Other Writings by Henry David Thoreau. Okay. First of all, I need to say that this was my latest eternal read. This is what I jokingly call books that seem to have no end. My last eternal read was The Last of the Mohicans. Like Mohicans, Walden was written in a different era and a different style of English and thus very difficult to read. I was browsing through Hastings one day while on my lunch break at where I used to work, and saw it. I had heard of it and was intrigued by the theme of the book. After all, wasn't it about a guy who lived in seclusion in a cabin by a pond for two years? Well, turns out the answer was yes and no. The book was nothing like I thought it would be. First, I must state that Thoreau was apparently a stinking genius who loved nature almost to the point of worship. The genius observation is subject to opinion. I suppose, but the fact that I had to reread sentences and passages over and over to understand them, and the fact that he's, his thoughts constantly strayed into Latin and poetry, the fact that he was unlike any other man of his time or our time, for that matter, and the fact that he could measure depth, height, distances, and distances with amazing accuracy, and his snobbery of people in general all seemed to suggest genius. This was one of my... Um, bathroom reads. I'll explain that to you at another time. And then at home, so that accounts partially for the lengthy read, but mostly it was just long and difficult. Due to my OCD, however, I was committed to read the entire book, having read the introduction and the first page. Uh, the oddest thing about this book was that although at times I felt tremendous boredom and frustration, I would dog-ear the bottom of pages in which I thought contained something of interest or maybe vivid or beautiful writing. And I will be the first to admit uh, that Thoreau did this remarkably well. Even though I felt like it would be easier to pass a kidney stone than to finish the book, I did labor on and surprisingly noticed that I was dog-earing every other page. Uh, some of the writings were truly breathtaking. He had a way of painting the most vivid images. I think the other thing that held my attention was the occasional history of Concord, but in typical Thoreau fashion, he didn't dwell on or mention anything about Concord because it had nothing to do with field mice, ants, or botany. I read through his float trips with a tremendous yawn, but was actually entertained, or should say, in, not really entertained, but engaged in his recount of his visit to Cape Cod. He retelled the story of his visit to the Cape shortly after a deadly shipwreck of immigrants, and he recounted how the bodies had washed ashore and, their, and he talked about their gruesome deaths. All the spectators seemed indifferent to the disaster, including Thoreau, which further deepened my theory that he was unloving toward humans, although his contemporaries say he was kind, to, uh, he was kind and gentle with children and dimwits. 
I guess he would have been kind to me. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, in conclusion, I am proud of myself for reaching such a momentous go and scaling Mount Walden. I would never recommend this book to anyone unless it was for a type of punishment. On second thought, no, not even then. If someone could somehow glean the scattered but beautiful passages and put them into one book, now that would be worth the read. Could I do that? Maybe in my next eternity. Um, so anyway, that was my summary, and I made a little note here on page 748, one of his quotes, let us consider the way in which we spend our lives. I, th I thought that was a very good quote. Um, and then also, so at the beginning of the book, there's an introduction by Ralph Waldo Emerson, who was, who was very, very famous. He was a, his um, mentor. And at the very end of the book, um, there is a um, commentary by, I think his name was E.B. White, but anyway, both uh, Emerson and E.B. White, if you ever read Walden, which, like I said, I don't recommend anyone do that, but for some reason, if you're one of these very intelligent, smart people and you can get through it, um, definitely want to read the commentary and the closing because, oh my gosh, when I got through reading that book, I, it, you ever like want to put someone's personality in words, but you don't know how? Well, they were both able to do it very succinctly, and I flat out was laughing out loud on the way they described him because they were they were both just spot on um so and I, I still don't know how to describe the book to me it was like it's like it was all about he's a philosopher he so he was always just talking about to me it was about observations of society and nature so the whole book is just full of observations about nature and society and just his opinions and of course he was a he was very reclusive very like I say, I do believe he was a genius. Like, if he lived in our day and time, he would be kind of the weird guy at the end of the block who dresses funny and talks funny, and, he, and you might see him out at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, looking at, you know, going for a walk back behind down the street, looking at people's trees and bushes and things. I, I don't even know how to describe him. So a little background about him. Um, he was born in 1817, and he died in 1862. Um, he was a social reformer, a naturalist, philosopher, a transcendentalist, and scientist. He wrote Walden as well as a popular essay entitled Civil Disobedience. And I have heard civil, of, of civil disobedience my whole life. Now, civil, civil disobedience is included in Walden and other writings, so I have actually read it. Um, I could do a whole other podcast about his life. As he was a very interesting person, and like I said earlier, his mentor was the very famous Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, okay, so like I said, I even mentioned this in my little book summary, but I've, I've got to be completely truthful. As I said in, in my book summary, there were some surprising and redeeming qualities. Uh, some of his writing was beautiful, and like I said, I did dog ear a bunch of pages that I thought were very, had some really interesting passages in them. So I guess you could kind of liken my experience as it's kind of like you're looking for precious gems among a pile of seaweed, maybe. So there truly is some interesting and beautiful writing. You just have to look for it. Um, if you like philosophy, uh, this book is definitely for you. As, like I said earlier, he was an avid philosopher. Now, another interesting thing is when I went on my trip back in 2010, and I've mentioned this several times on our other podcast, uh, my, me, my mom, and my Aunt Joan, we went to uh, Concord in Lexington. And a surprise, you know, I mainly went for the history uh, of the Revolutionary War, but what I didn't realize was I was going to get to see um, Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Concord, and it's actually a very famous cemetery, um, and the reason why is because 
um, at Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. They have a very popular section of the cemetery that's called Authors Ridge. And who is buried at Authors Ridge? Well, Henry David Thoreau, Louisa May Alcott, Nathaniel and Sophia Hawthorne, and Ralph Waldo Emerson. So, I mean, look at that. You've got some literary giants, and they're all buried in the same place. Now, do you want to go visit a graveyard? Probably not, but you know, if you're ever in Concord, go. It's, it's actually a very pretty cemetery, and I just think it's so interesting that they're all buried together there. And another interesting thing about that is when this cemetery was dedicated, I did read that Emerson uh, actually spoke with the dedication of that cemetery, so I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, so the last thing I want to mention is that Thoreau is remembered for many, his many, many quotes. Um, you just search the internet. You'll find website after website dedicated to him and his sayings, his writings, and his quotes. Um, here's one website I found. Henry David Thoreau quotes showing one of 1,910. Okay, does that tell you anything? The man liked to talk, okay? Okay, so I just wrote down a few quotes that I thought, that I felt best described him. Um, one of the quotes, not all who wander are lost. Now, if, unless you've had your head under a rock these last few years, that quote is on everything. I mean, it's on jewelry, t-shirts, bumper stickers. I mean, you'll see it on slogans. I mean, I have seen that thing a thousand times. Now, the only thing is, um, when you actually Google that, some say that it was coined by J.R.R. Tolkien in The Lord of the Rings, but there's also evidence that Thoreau said it as well. So I'm not really sure, but, but I wrote that that's possibly one of his quotes. Okay, so the rest of these are his quotes. And I'm going to read through them because uh, I do feel like these all describe who he was and, and some of his beliefs. Let us consider the way in which we live our lives. Enjoy when you listen to this. I was going to have you say these quotes with me. We were going to alternate, and I was going to play really sappy music in the background and tell you you have to say it with a face straight, a straight face and not laugh. But, oh, well, I guess I'll just say them, and it'll be a little boring. But here we go. Let us consider the way in which we live our lives. Rather than love, than money, than fame, give me truth. How vain it is to sit down to write when you have not stood up to live. I find it wholesome to be alone the greater part of the time. To be in company, even with the best, is soon wearisome and dissipating. I love to be alone. I never found the companion that was so companionable as solitude. That man loved to be alone. He just felt, I think he just felt like most people weren't worth his time. And he even said as much throughout his book. Our life is frittered away by detail. Simplify, simplify. I would rather sit on a pumpkin and have it all to myself than be crowded on a velvet cushion. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> Things do not change. We change. Any fool can make a rule, and any fool will mind it. A man is rich in proportion to the number of things which he can afford to let alone. Every generation laughs at the old fashions, but follows religiously the new. An early morning walk is a blessing for the whole day. I had three chairs in my house, one for solitude, two for friendship, three for society. And here's one that really sums him up. Take long walks in stormy weather or through deep snows in the fields and woods. If you would keep your spirits up, Deal with brute nature, be cold, be hungry, be weary. 
Amid a world of noisy, shallow actors, it is noble to stand aside and say, I will simply be. We are born as innocents. We are polluted by advice. I make myself rich by making my wants few. What you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Okay, hope you enjoyed my thorough quotes. I know the voice was pretty corny, but anyway, in closing, I was going to give you my rating for Walden. Um, I give it one Walden. Um, that's all I really have to say about that book. It, it was extremely excruciating read. Um, I know that it's required reading in a lot of, I believe, colleges and such. Um, if you ever have to actually read it, I would just go online and I don't, I shouldn't suggest you cheat, but in this case, I think it would be worth it, uh, to find out what it's about. But like I said, and you know what, the other thing, I just will mention this before I close, and, and it may be that I read that at the long, at the wrong time of my life, because there is a lot of wisdom. And now don't get me wrong, I actually agreed with 90% of what he said. I just felt like I was being preached at. And it was so funny, because in the commentary, the, the guy that did the commentary, E.B. White, he said... Oh, if I could only if I could only bring Thoreau to modern day life into our time frame, he said, and if I could take a walk with him through the woods, and I would apologize for all my perceived sins. And I just cracked up laughing because it was so true. Everything he said, you're like, oh my gosh, I do that or I've done that, and you just felt like you were this worthless person because you did something to hurt Mother Earth or whatever. But anyway, like I said. There is so much wisdom and a lot of good things in the book. It was just the way it was written, and I felt like I was kind of being preached at. And I don't know. I just feel like it's a, a tree hugger's dream, you know, to have that book. But, you know, like I said, like if I was to read it, have read it maybe like another 10 years when I'm older, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Probably not. So, anyway, that's all I have to say about Walden um, and other writings. Uh, one Walden. So... Thanks for listening. I hope I didn't bore you too much. And we will, or I will see you next time with Joy, hopefully, on Twin Talk.